Hour two of The People Show. Satyar Shaw with Randy Janda. Josh Elliott Wolf producing. If you missed hour one of the show, make sure to go check it out. We talked about Nazem Kadri, the latest on his situation, what that means for the rest of the big names on the trade market. Hint, hint. We talked about that. We spoke about the great career of Serena Williams. I was going to say, in that first part, there might be a JT Miller mention. <laughs> Perhaps. You'll have to find out by hitting up the podcast. Yes. I'm not saying it was a JT Miller conversation. I'm just saying maybe his name came up. That's all I'm saying. Slight mention. All I'm saying, you know, that's all I'm saying. Leaving it at that for now. Uh, We have a lot more coming up uh, in this hour. We're going to dig into some of the news around the National Hockey League and then coming up at 1.30, more hockey talk with Matt Porter from the Boston Globe after the Bruins brought back Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci came back from a year's hiatus from overseas to rejoin the team. And they also signed Pavel Zaka and they're capped out over the cap. So that's a team you're going to see. What does it all mean? We'll talk about that coming up as well. And I can't wait to ask Matt about, was it David Pasternak putting in a pitch for David Krejci or was it... (laughs) Cassidy's gone, come back. Yeah. Like, which one played a bigger role? Which one was it? And, I mean, hey, maybe it's going to take many years to really find out what it was or what it wasn't, but it's uh, it's a strong correlation. Let's just put it that way. Very very strong correlation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll see what happens. It's like, yeah. I'm going back to Europe. Now I'm back. It's like, wait, <laughs> something changed. What happened? I had to tie up some loose ends in the check here, right? I have family business to take care of. All right. Had to... Build a house or something like that. Something like Took that. a year. Yeah. I had to go to Europe. Remember my Europe trip? That's what it was. I had to you, go to Europe. David Christie went to Germany. <laughs> to Germany for, for a year. <laughs> to solve some some personal issues and get that. Is there a breakup? Uh, I, I, I have no team. idea. With the team. With the team. He had to go He had to go to Europe to overcome it. You know? That's what it was. It's always a good move. <laughs> always a good move. Uh, Europe's great to overcome things. As You, well, you didn't go I, to overcome it. No, I wasn't overcoming anything. No. But it was just, you know. <laughs> it's just great. <laughs> I think we should move on. Yeah. <laughs> Josh is like, yes, please, please move on. Please talk about sports. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, some people Put had on enough. some collared shirts. Coll- to do it. Oh, yeah. Some, somebody, shouts to the listener, by the way. Yeah. Shouts to Ian uh, on Twitter who says that if we're going to make a uh, broadcast presentation. Online and, stream. And I mean, I'd say it's a low bar, an online stream on. What is this that we're on? It's just, These are webcams that stream to Twitter only. Right. It's a Twitter stream, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm waving at it right now. Yeah. So, you know, it's this a is. Twitter, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's not exactly this big production. So, my attire is representing the level of production the company's putting into getting us on video. <laughs> if you get state out of the art cameras, Sat will be wearing a tuxedo. Listen, if. if the equipment was better. If they were if they were putting together better production and a better broadcast to to show us outside of being a Twitter stream, I would dress accordingly to that. But why would I overdress when the company is not, you know, putting out that's all I'm saying. So I feel like we re- I need to read this tweet. <laughs> Ian coming in with if encouraging us to watch, I would really like to suggest that they at least try and look the part. Maybe a shirt with a collar. Like to I'd like to see more a professional broadcast mm. personally. Yeah. Listen, uh, Grand. I, no, I do that on Saturdays. Yeah. You do it when you're on the panel. I don't. I don't want to like wear a suit every single day for radio. Come no, Randeep and I, and even more so for Randeep. But I mean, I'm I'm at every single Canucks game, and yep. at every Canucks game, you you know you wear, you know it's it's business. At the very least, you have to be business casual. Sure. You know what I mean. So I wear a suit and tie way too many days in the year. So when I don't have to wear one, I don't wear one. Yeah, and. And I don't wear collar shirts if I don't have to wear collar shirts. And I feel like this is a good representation of what we are, right? You know, we're being casual. We're sharing with you what we are. Dudesorda.ca. I'm wearing the t-shirt, by the way. This is a great time for a plug. But this is who we are. Yeah, he, he's got a plug. 
Well, that is what he is. Just like always a business. A, a always walking, talking business. promotion is what I am. <laughs> always looking for the business angle, Randy. So thank you, Ian, for mentioning that so I could thank give, you. give the, uh, the, uh, the brand a, a bit of a plug. Uh, Marcus, Marcus and Gibson's on Twitter had her back, though. So I like that. He's like, I, for one, like the uh, casual attire. I'm going to paraphrase, and Marcus and Gibson said, I like to look at these guys when they look like scrubs. <laughs> Wait, what? That's kind of what he was saying. Yeah, we true. don't want to be above anybody else. No, man. We're just one of the people. The we people are the people show. show. Yeah, there we 100%. go. Oh. What? I mean, can we be representatives of the people if we're walking around did we with just like indirect- shirts? Did we just stuff? indirectly call the people scrubs? <laughs> we didn't mean to do that. We <laughs> want to be like everybody else. And we are like we everybody We are like everybody Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, Ian. <laughs> to answer your question in a very long, <laughs> convoluted way, we are the people. We are the, We're going to dress like the people. We are the people. We, we represent the people. That's what we do. Uh, all right. Uh, so, yeah, a Bruins talk coming up at 1.30. Alice there says, can the Bruins bring back Yager too? They might. I mean, he wants to keep playing. Can you imagine that check line? Krejci in the middle, Pasternak, and then good old Yarmer Yager. How many points would Yager get if he played on that line right now as a 50-year-old? Ooh. He's 50, right? So what? Six years ago, didn't he put up like 50 some odd points? Yeah. Six years. That's funny. The guy's like, six years ago, he scored 50. He might do it again. He might. So if he did 50 a few, I would say he could still get you 35 in the NHL. Oh, on that line? I bet she gets 40 points. Really? Okay. 45. Going higher. All but right. now, this this is a hypothetical because no coach would keep him on the ice because he can't skate back. <laughs> like, he, he'd just be like an offensive anchor. You know, like he wouldn't get back. He wouldn't be able to back check much. He wouldn't be able to play the systems all that great. He'd have a hard time turning and all that sort of stuff. But if he could just play with those guys offensively along the boards and everything, he'd probably get a bunch of secondary assists. Give him power play one, right? He doesn't have to skate. Throw him in front of the net or on the side. Just the, that net front, you'll be good. Yeah. I mean, does he really? I mean, is it right that his final game in the NHL was as a Calgary Flame? No. Is that how you should go out, Yager? Is that how the NHL should yet let Yager go out? I mean, he's old enough to fit the team's average age now okay, in Calgary. When you think of Yarmer Yager, which team do you think of? Is it still the Pittsburgh Penguins? Oh, yeah. Like, it, to me, it's tense. Like, he had great years with the Capitals. Well, I mean, like, nobody's going to be like, the Washington Capitals. I mean, I'm sure. His numbers were great. Way. They were great. But, I mean, there was like, how many years? Three years? Yeah. Caps? Yeah, nobody thinks Flames was the point. No. He's got to come back. You know, we no. talk about Ryan Kessler signing a one-day contract. Yarmer Yager, whenever he calls it quits, he needs to sign a one-day contract. You know what? Low-key, low-key, uh, Yager had a better career with the Rangers than he did with the Capitals. Really? Yeah. So, with the Capitals, he had 79 points in 69 games. Not bad. Good. Yeah. 77 and 75. Only a point per game for his standards. Only a point per game. Okay. Then 45 and 46. Only a point per game. Goes to New York first year, 29 and 31. Not great. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Then 123 and 82. Okay, that's not bad. Then 96 and 82, then 71 and 82. So he was actually better as a Ranger than he was a Capitol. So the hierarchy would be Pittsburgh, Rangers, and then probably Washington. Yeah, and he made the, he made the playoffs with the Rangers three years in a row, at least. Only made the playoffs once with the Capitals. So yeah, I, I remember him with the Rangers, but yeah. I think that's just more yeah, because of my age. You're yeah. like 13, though. <laughs> I was, it doesn't count. I was three years old the last time Yager was on the Penguins. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's always the, the old school helmet and the salute. Yeah, me. like that's that era of Pittsburgh Penguins hockey. Yeah, like the Rangers. I be- I'm not gonna lie. I remembered it, but I don't remember it being that good. No, that that's that's impressive. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I mean, I'm saying he's really good. Had a really good career with the New York Rangers. Um, that's probably it, though. He right? deserves like an actual, like an actual send off. 
Like every single market he'd be hitting up with any team, the traveling Yagers are in every single building. Like <laughs> Yarmer Yager deserves that. I don't even care if it's like 10 games. You know, what they sh- you know what the NHL should do? They should, they should make an exemption and say the team that signs Yarmer Yager is entitled to one extra roster spot and one extra spot on the team. So he can take one twirl every game. So like, you know, every game you're allowed to dress 18 skaters. Yeah, yeah. You can dress 19 if you have Yager. But he's only allowed to take one shift. I'd, I'd allow it. He's the NHL 100. He's one of those guys, man. Come on. Arizona can do it. Why not? Maybe they can sell out their arena. They could legitimately pay him $8 million a season and not barely hit the floor with the salary cap. <sighs> Pretty much. That's where we're at. All right, let's do it. Let's let's start the petition. <laughs> Bring Yager back. Bring Yager back. Uh, Vicky and Poco, you're a sports talk radio show, not a classical music station. Your attire is completely suitable, IMO. I agree. Thank you, Vicky. I agree. Uh, Dan and FSJ, uh, I wear jeans an untucked shirt, and my ball cap to work every day. I'm an engineer. Yeah, you know what? Engineers, very casual. A lot of engineers I know yeah. in the line of work, you know, can be very casual. So not only does he say he does not wear, he wears a untucked shirt, but it's an untucked shirt. You know that brand that... Untucked Gret- shirt. Oh, the, that's what it was. The Gretzky it was used to rep this a couple of years ago. All right. So it's actually a name brand shirt that's based on not being in, tucked. tucked in. But I think what he also showed was that like... Casual. Uh, casual, but like... Like higher end casual. I'm. It was a you know humble I mean? brag. Yeah, it's a humble brag casual. Yeah. I'm an engineer. Yeah, there's still a collar on that shirt. Yeah, it, it's rich casual clothes. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, hey, it looks very casual, but the sticker price ain't cheap. Yeah, it's like the the clothes rich people buy that look like anything Kanye wears, pretty much. That you're like, you know what? That looks like what I wear, but somehow it's a thousand dollars. Yeah, for everything. It's a black hoodie, and it's like goes for fifteen hundred bucks. How is this happening? <laughs> Uh, th- this question, Sat, how do you prefer Apple headphones rather than normal headset for radio? Well, two reasons. One, um, I don't, I mean, I don't have my own headset. I don't like sharing headsets. Yeah. Normally I don't either. No. So that I don't, I don't. And number two, I don't want to mess up the hair. Uh, yeah. See, okay. That's why I hate live on locations. <laughs> We're having radio secrets unveiled right now. Well, I mean, if, if I have, if I have something to do later, you know, like I do today. It kind of flattens your head, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody likes that. And you, know, you got a good hair, uh, you know, head of hair, man. Like <laughs> I've, I've seen better days. Once you flatten the hair on top, it's, it's, you know, it's not great. I've never seen sat in a hat. No, never. I do wear a hat. I've no, you haven't seen me in a hat. I wear a hat. Oh, backwards hat. Oh, backwards hat. Backwards hat. There it is. Backwards hat. Sorry. You haven't seen sat in like a top hat. Of course he's wearing a, he's wearing a hat before. Yes. Uh, we got, we got a lot of untucked references now coming. Chef Swagger from Hell's Kitchen. Halford wears untucked shirts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Apparently that's the thing when that's you do good. hey when you don't hey that's fine. Yeah. I've I've never purchased one. No, but it's it's good. Apparently. All right. I don't know much about it. <laughs> I don't. I just don't. Uh Snoop the Dog. The NHL designated Yager position, would they only be eligible for special teams ice time? Hey, I'm fine with you allowing him to be on the ice for one shift. Whether that's special teams or whatever. You're allowed you're allowed to create an extra Yager spot on the roster to have him on your team. And you can have an extra spot. He can take one shift. I don't care what it is. If it's Wherever torts, it is. it'd probably be on the PK. <laughs> Get the skill guys on the PK. Torts is like, I don't like your attitude in practice. Get out there. Your one shift is on the PK tonight. Go block some shots. Uh, we got this one here. Uh, unsigned. That would be a perfect spot for 50-year-old Ovi to sit in a spot on the PP and keep rolling <laughs> up on the goals. Hey, that'd be great, man. I mean, the Asterix crew would, would have a field day with that one. He got the, f- he, he broke the record. He was 50. I feel like you'd get to a certain point where you just cancel offsides. Like you used to do yeah. like NHL 94, turn off offside. <laughs> He's just hanging out in the offensive zone. 
Uh, Dan in Fort St. John's comes back and said, that's the first time and probably last time I've ever been compared to Kanye. <laughs> Congrats. I think Richo has a pair of Yeezys. Maybe we should send one to you. Really? Two pairs. He had two. He two bought two pairs. pairs. You didn't hear about this? Well, that's fancy, man. Look so, at this guy. So, uh, well, I mean, it was funny because it was, it was classic Richo uh, Well, like they're fashion. real or they're like knockoffs? No, no. So what he did was they are real. He, he entered the draw and he, for two and he, he won. Okay. So he has to buy two, two, two pairs. Look at that. One, yeah, one, yeah, two pairs. So one for him and one for his uh, wife. God, he's gone Canuck Central and he's gone high class now. But, but here's what that. happened. Immediately he was like, oh no, this is too expensive. <laughs> I need to sell one of these pairs. I will be living out of, <laughs> I will be living out of a box if I purchase both of these. Yeah, so uh, that's when Richo decided to work on his vacation. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. So, yeah. All right. That. All right. What, what even happened? I don't even know. We started talking about Yager mm. and now here we are. Things changed. Uh, Arjun from Nanaimo. Personally, I, I think of Yager as a Dallas star. Dallas star? He played one year in Dallas. 34 games. 34 games. The man played 1,733 games in the NHL. 34 of those with Dallas. And Arjun out here thinks he's a Dallas star. Really? His season in Philly was better than that. Like, he actually had a, a good season in Philly. 54 points in 70, what, 73 games or something yeah. like that? Yeah, his Dallas... When did it start falling apart for Yarmer Yager at the NHL? I think it was probably Dallas. It was Calgary. No, that was when it was. That was when he bottomed out. I think Dallas was when he started kind of going down but, a little. Yeah, but yeah. let's be fair. Let's be fair. What did he do with the Devils in 2014? Had 67 points. Fair, right? Yeah. And then he had 66 points in 2016. Only six years ago, he was like 40, 43 years old. He had 66 points, 27 goals with the Florida Panthers. I mean, he had 46 points his final year with the Florida Panthers in 2017. Then he goes to Calgary and can't last more than 22 games. I don't think that's his fault. I think that's Calgary's fault. That would have been Bob Hartley too, right? I blame I, Calgary. I think it was Bob Hartley. If I'm not mistaken, I think Shane O'Brien was on that no, team. it was Glenn Gullitson. Oh, uh, okay, never mind. That year was Glenn Gullitson. Okay. Yeah, I got nothing there. No. Can't really speak to that one. Gully. You know who else was on this team? Here's, the, here's how we bring it back to the Canucks. Curtis Lazar was on that team. So next time we get Curtis Lazar on the station, we'll ask him about his experience with the Armour Yager and that Calgary Flames team. Yeah. Uh, a lot of good texts coming in. Uh, this one, um, Chris the Wine Guy. Yager is more of a flame than a star. No, he played m- more games with the stars. He's more of a star than a flame. I-, I will agree with that because... No, he went when he went to the... <laughs> When he went to the Flames, he was he was definitely flaming out as a star. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Like yeah. that's what happened. Yes. He was flaming out as a star. As a star that was I. Yeah. Yes. Uh yeah, he had 26 points in 34 games. He he had a better th- uh, spell with the uh, Dallas Stars than he did with the Calgary Flames. Yeah. At that point it was just like a let's see how that goes. Uh you know, Canucks fans, older Canucks fans will remember this that the Canucks passed over Yager and went for Nedved instead. Yeah. When the draft was at BC Place way back in the day. Yeah. So what could have been? What could have been? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's always Canucks draft misses with all-time greats. Go through the list. Uh, Marcus, Gordy Howe played a shift in for the wipe of Detroit Vipers of the IHL in his 60s or 50s. I want to see Yager play a shift every decade so he can play in the NHL at 70. Okay, let me pose this to you. The NHL, they might say, okay, yeah, for the integrity of the game, we can't let that happen. But let's just say, the Abbotsford Canucks said, we're going to sign you to a pro deal. Come out here. You're going to get your swan song in North America in the AHL. We want to make it happen. There's no way nobody says no to that. Mm-mm. Yarmor Yager might. But, like, would you go watch that? Would you, like, a, a homestand, Yarmor Yager is signed. Just for a couple of days, 
and North America can say goodbye properly. I would. I would, man. Yeah. He might put up four points in the AHL. He might. I mean, in the AHL, sure. Why not? I mean, he's still sign, playing. Sign him to an AHL deal. Make it happen. Yeah. NHL, I feel like Gary Benton would be like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> can you name all the uh, all of Yager's numbers he wore? No. no. I've never been a numbers guy. Like, I'm not. Like, I remember certain numbers, but you know how some people just kind of recite them and they know everything? Uh, yeah, I'm not, I haven't been that guy. Never, Never that guy. Yeah, what is his jersey number? I mean, um, I think of 68. Did he play with anything other than 68? I think it was just 68. Hockey reference says it's just, just 68. It? Okay, that was a trick question. That was a trick question. Yeah, I was like, I only played 68. So clearly, I'm such a bad numbers guy that I didn't realize yeah, it was, it was just one. one. I was like, yeah, I, don't know, I think we only wore, wore one number. Because I assume even if you went somewhere and someone was wearing 68, they'd be like, okay, yeah, no, you can have it. You can have it. You're your armor, you You know cool. what this segment turned into? Like a mailbag Tuesday. How <laughs> about Yager? Yager <laughs> trivia. Just Yager mailbag on a Tuesday. I mean, essentially, that's what it was. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we were going to start this segment talking about <laughs> uh, Jacob Truba, who's now the uh, captain of the New York Rangers. That's a team that made a big push, got all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals before losing to uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And as we, we all remember, had a 2-0 lead in that series after the first two games yep. and kind of scuffled it away. And hey, you can look at it two ways. One to say you had a chance, you'd missed it to get to the cup final. The other is being super excited about the future of that organization, considering how many talented players they have and how many young players they have. They went out and got Vinny Trocek this offseason, lost Strom, however, and you know made some other moves and whatever. Uh, Jacob Truba is now the captain of the Rangers as they announced that today. What do we think of the Rangers? The move itself, I found it funny how people in the hockey world were triggered by it. Like the, the response to Truba being named captain was really interesting because people, a lot of people don't like the way he plays. But mm-hmm. what do we know about the Rangers going back a couple years ago? James Dolan, remember when they got bullied by the Capitals? Yeah. He was ticked off. He wanted his team to have a spine. And since then, they brought in Drury to be on that full job as the GM. They got rid of Davidson. They got rid of Gordon. They wanted a team with spine. He, he personifies that. Yeah. He does, right? So in that regard, I think it's a smart move for them. But... Are they an elite team? I don't think they are. Mm. I think they've got some really good pieces. But when I think of elite teams, I think of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. I think of at least regular season teams, Florida Panthers, right? What they did last year in the regular season was very impressive. I look at, you know, teams out West. Obviously, you're looking at the reigning cup champions, the Colorado yeah. Like, those are elite teams to me. The Rangers, they've got a impact players. They've got one of the best goalies on the planet, if not the best. They've got some good young talent. I don't think they're an elite team, though. I think they're on the cusp. I think they're a really good team. Yeah. They're not an elite team. Yeah, and and, and that's kind of... It's going to be interesting, interesting to see what happens to their team next season, but on the back end, they have all the pieces you'd want. You know, I mean, they have so much depth, and some would say too much, and they don't have room for everybody, because now, with Truba being named the captain, and he has a no-move clause to begin with, but he ain't going anywhere. You know, there's some talk, some people wondering, well, especially when you have a guy like uh, Adam Fox on the right side, you have Truba, you have Braden Schneider, you have these other guys as well, like Niels Lundqvist and whatever. You know, why would you hold on to Truba? I think this shows they're committed to Truba, very committed to Truba. So what does that also mean uh, for the future of their other right-hand defensemen? But honestly, Randeep, I don't see them moving Braden Schneider. I think for them, entry-level contract this year and next season, 
for a guy that can move up and play in their top four when somebody gets injured, brings you know the physicality they really like as well and, and two-way ability he has. I just don't think they're gonna, this makes Braden Schneider expendable. Yeah, if anything, and you look at the salaries with Truba, yeah. maybe you phase, I wouldn't say, like you'd probably limit the ice time that he gets over the years, but you still got a couple years until you have to make that move. Niels Lundqvist. That's a guy, I mean, yeah. hey, they're willing to move him. Yeah, yeah. and there's been a, a reason that he's been talked about. And even before they make any moves on the right-hand side, you're probably willing to make a move with a Ryan Lindgren first. Yeah. Who's going to exactly. get paid. Condre Miller is going to get paid. You might have some questions on the left-hand side of, okay, is your right hand right side loaded and do you have to make some moves off the left side? I yeah. think they're willing to do, probably do more of that mm-hmm. than get rid of one of their right-handed guys because they're pretty stocked on that. And when you make this guy a captain, that to me means you're not moving off of him you might scale back his role over the next few years where Schneider's ready to take over. But when you make him the captain, when you make Truba the captain, that implies that he's going to be here for a while. Yeah, exactly. And I wonder about that team up front because, I mean, the Panarin, the Zibanejad, and Chris Kreider, I wonder about Vinny Trocek and how he fits in there. Because, yes, you can look at his production and say he's better than the Strom, but is he enough of an upgrade on Strom for you to look at and say this makes their team better? And I'm not sure he is a significant upgrade on him. I, I, he is an upgrade, not a significant one. Like, if that's your big move, I don't know. Yeah, Vinny Trocek is an interesting player because I think when he was in Florida, he was underrated. Mm-hmm. Right? When he was, even before that, you know, I, I thought there was a, he was a flying under the radar situation. But once you start making 5.625, you're not underrated. Well, you're getting 40 million, essentially. No, you're expected to put up points. So... He went from a, hey, look at this guy in Florida. You know, they they moved off of him, all of that. Now, I think he's making too much. Yeah, he went from making like 4.75 was what he was making before, which is under five. And hey, that was fine. And hey, even the 5.7, if he puts up the 50-some points, 60 points, it's it's in range. It's fine. But how much of a needle mover is he? To me, he's not. He, you, and that's the thing. So have they really upgraded their team? And, you know, they made all those trades at the deadline. Didn't bring any of those guys back. Mott hasn't come back. Vetrano's not back and all that sort of stuff. So uh, as much as they have a lot there, I kind of wonder that their improvements next season will, will have to come from the younger players getting better. Does Lafreniere take a step? Does Koppel-Cockle take that step? You know, do, do they have other guys that make those improvements? That's going to have to be how they take that next step as a team. But from an off-season perspective, after the year they had, I don't think they upgraded their, their roster. No, and I look at their their strength of their team right now is obviously the two high-end players that they have, the star players, the guys that are making yeah. all the money in Zibanejad and, and Panarin, the goaltending, the defensive situation. But, you know, when we talk about really good teams and elite teams, they have a solid one-two punch. Now, what kind of pairing will Trocek make on that second line with whoever is playing on the wing? Yeah. Right? Like, we know Zibanejad's number one center, but what is that one-two punch going to be like? Because, yeah, maybe maybe a player on unto himself, he's, he's not a needle mover, but... Is there chemistry that shows us something different? I'm kind of skeptical. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, we'll, we'll continue the car- hockey conversation on the other side. We're going to talk about the Boston Bruins with Matt Porter from the Boston Globe joining us. But before we get out, we have some news from the National Hockey League. The Carolina Hurricanes have signed a restricted free agent. 
Martin Nikash has signed a two-year deal worth $3 million per season. A lot of trade buzz around the young, talented forward who uh, I'd say took, I want to say a step back this season, but he didn't take a step forward this season after having a really promising couple of years and, and really showing himself to be a higher-end player potentially. His name's been out there in trade talk. I don't think this takes him off the trade market, but it's a show-me two-year contract at $3 million per season. And he was a, a disappointment in the playoffs. He went yeah. MIA in the playoffs. But one thing that you got to watch out for this guy He's a terror in transition. The underlying numbers show that mm-hmm. when you're talking about a playmaker in transition, he still got that. So I like this deal for him because he can come back and he can blow those numbers up. And $3 million might be a bit of a discount for Carolina if he gets back on track here in the next couple of years. Yeah, it could be. Or makes him uh, maybe easier to move and trade potentially. We'll see what happens with him. But we'll turn our sights to the Boston Bruins next right here on The People Show on Sportsnet 650. <laughs> Back in on the People Show, always get in touch with us in our Dunbar Lumber Talk. Text them box, 650-650. It is Satyar Shaw with Randy Janda. Josh Elliott-Wolf producing. Always fun delving into our text them box. We're going to talk to Matt Porter from the Boston Globe coming up in a couple of minutes. We'll break down what the Bruins have been up to this offseason. But uh, we kind of went down the Yarmer Yager rabbit hole in the previous segment, um, Randy, because... So so happens sometimes in a summer where we just kind of go off topic because nothing's really pressing. We're just here to have a good time and chat and come up with topics and have fun. And yep. uh, we got into it about Yarmur Yager and the text inbox hadn't stopped taking in messages about the great Yarmur Yager. And Snoop the Dog came in with a, and you know, a text that actually I forgot about the story, but it gives clarity on why he wears sixty eight. Is to remember nineteen sixty eight when the uh, the year that the Soviets invaded Czechoslovakia following the Prague Spring. So there you go. They, the reason he were, has only worn one number in his career is to commemorate that important date in that country's history. Yes. So uh, a, a lot of great things uh, about Yarmur Yager's history, but also uh, why he wore number 68. But the great Yarmur Yager, six, uh, 50 years old, and we're wondering if he played in the NHL. He's active on social media as well. He wants I, to. I think, he, I think he's keen on coming back at some well, point. Well, this all started because uh, somebody on the text inbox mentioned that the Bruins should also add Yager because they brought uh, Krejci in. So, I mean, I, I, hey, I don't, I don't see it happening. Let's ask Matt. Let's, let's ask him. We, ha- we have an expert from the Boston Globe talking about uh, the Boston Bruins, and that is Matt Porter joining us. Matt, uh, thanks for making time for us today, man. How are you? Hey, I'm pretty good. Um, yeah, Yager coming back. That's interesting. <laughs> they, should, they should bring back Mark Recchi, and they yeah. should bring back, uh, let's see, Chris Kelly, get Blake Wheeler in the mix, Tyler Sagan. Hey. Uh, I say go for it. Well, if you're going to run it back, really run it back, you know? What's Tim Thomas doing? <laughs> they can lure him out of wherever he is. You're asking on Vancouver radio what Tim Thomas is doing? That's Ooh. a dangerous question around these parts. <laughs> At least I didn't ask you about Brad Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, well, we might get to that coming up in a bit. But, uh, I mean, uh, we're happy to have you on the show here today, Matt, because, I mean, the Bruins are a very interesting uh, test case. I mean, not a test case, but a very interesting case of a team that never really hasn't really rebuilt in a long time, but yet remains competitive, makes the playoffs. But the question, I guess... With this iteration of this Bruins team, is what is the ceiling now that they brought Bergeron back and brought back Krejci and the one move they made to add to the roster outside of those guys coming back was getting Pavel Zaka. What do you make of the roster heading into the season? Well, when you say when you say the Bruins are a contender, I mean I don't know if that's gonna 
uh, fly with uh, some of the Bruins fans mm. here in, in town. I mean, you ask people and they think that this is like a lottery team. <laughs> like I, I couldn't believe all the, the talk of, you know, after the season uh, when, when Bergeron's status was still in the air and, and Marshan was having hip surgery and all that, uh, people are saying they should blow this thing up. And I'm, I, I hate to be like one of those guys that, one of those reporters that tries to tell fans, hey, it's not that bad, but like, when you look at it, I mean, like you said, they've been a contender for a long time now. And, uh, you know, there's some pretty sad situations across the league as far as talking about blowing it up. Um, you know, guys, teams that are a lot closer to the lottery than Bruins have been quite some time. But it, it is it is an interesting roster. You know, the addition of Zaka, I think, really makes sense if you know that you're going to get some consistency and production in your top two centers because that's not Pavel Zaka to my eye. Um, that looks to me like a Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, you know, tandem with Zaka kind of filling in as a secondary scorer. Like that, that looks like a decent uh, group to me as far as the forwards go and, and, you know, guys that you're thinking about, you can play in the middle there. Um, they're going to struggle early. Uh, I think, you know, big picture, you know, you, you look at this Bruins team and you think about the second half with Marshan, you know, getting healthy. I, I don't really trust anybody coming off one hip surgery, much less double hip surgery, uh, trusting that they're going to be 100%. Uh, you know, it usually takes, you know, a year for those guys to get back to, to where they are, and especially considering Marchand is, I think, 33 now. That's, uh, you know, that's no easy e- easy ask for him to come back and, you know, be a 100-point guy all of a sudden. But um, they'll get McAvoy back from surgery, Matt Grizzlick back from surgery. So you, you're looking at this team that, you know, probably they're going to try to stay in the hunt early on and, you know, maybe some guys will get thrust into roles that uh, that they weren't in before because of the injuries. Um, you know, I'm thinking of guys like Zaka. They have a few prospects, not too many. Um, you know, their farm system isn't anything special, but, you know, maybe a guy like Fabian Lysel, who you guys in, in Vancouver have seen, um, maybe he'll get a chance. Uh, I think he's still pretty small and needs to stay in the AHL for a year, but uh, we'll see. So it is an interesting roster. You know, I, they really didn't have many other options besides running it back. Um, you know, the free agent market wasn't exactly outstanding for them. They were capped out anyway, like a lot of teams across the league. So sweetheart deals for Bergeron and Krejci, uh, yeah, they'll take that. Well, you talk about the temperature being up in the market based on, you know, I, I would imagine because there's a new big three in that division, right? You've got Toronto, you got Tampa, you got Florida. And, and I don't want to say that they've arrived, but the Detroit Red Wings making moves and trying to add to that roster uh, do you feel like Bruins fans are saying, all right, well, what are we right now? Because it feels like we're just kind of players that are aging out. Uh, you've got some really good players in David Pasternak, but there's questions there of whether he's going to stay in Boston long-term too. Certainly, yeah. And you know, Ottawa, I think, is coming up as mm-hmm. well. I, I don't know that they're, you know, really it's kind of like uh, the same as Detroit and Buffalo. You know, these are 74, 75, 76-point teams. Are they... Are they really ready to get up to that 100-point level that, that Washington was at or, you know, 107 that, that Boston was at? I mean, those were the two wildcard teams. So, you know, how much better are the other teams? Is Florida better after losing Huberto and Weger and bringing Kachuk? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe not. Um, is, did Tampa get better in the offseason? I'm not so sure. Uh, Toronto, you know, you think they'll be better. Are they? We don't know. So it's – I think the, the Bruins are – I'm not ready to discount them from the playoff picture, especially you know, given what I talked about with you know the fact that they they have they should have a pretty good team um, in the second half. I mean, I think about a, 
a Hall, Krejci, Pasternak line. I mean, unless Krejci's totally fallen off the cliff over the last year, which is possible, he's 36. Um, you know, that looks like a pretty good line. And they were really good when they were together for a short stretch after Hall came over in the 2021 deadline. Um, you know, I, I think Bruins fans are right to be concerned overall. Uh, obviously, there's there are no replacements for Bergeron and Krejci mm-hmm. in the system right now. There, nobody has stepped up and said, you know, uh, here's, here's my hand raised to be the next uh, number one center of the Boston Bruins. But it, it kind of just goes back to how lucky they've been, you know. I mean, if you're redrafting 2003 right now, you know, does Patrice Bergeron go first overall? I think he probably does. You know, he, he's certainly not going to be too long before, you know, before you take him in that draft. Um, and to have him as, you know, a nearly 20 years as a Boston Bruin, as your number one or number two center, you know, as he was coming up, um, you know, there, there's a lot of teams that uh, can't, you know, say that. And then you think of all the things that he's done as far as his contract, taking a little bit of, a little bit less money here and there over the years so they could put more around him, um, building that culture and all the other stuff that they talk about. It's, uh, you know, it can sound kind of cliche, but, you know, really they have it. And, uh, and he's a major reason why. So once he's gone, I think it's going to look a lot different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think fans have every right to be concerned, you know, if, if you know, is David Pasternak and for our David Pasternak, Charlie McAvoy, Hampus Lindholm, um, you know, Marshan for a few years, Taylor Hall, is that, is that a good enough core to, mm-hmm. to, you know, to build the next generation? Well, they've been doing it, uh, you know, so far they've been getting by and staying in the playoff hunt. So. I guess, uh, you know, we'll see how that develops. Yeah, and I mean, this is a team, it's easy to say they're getting old and you should rebuild, but I think it's really hard all of a sudden to be like, you know what, here's a team that we know is going to make the playoffs, is going to be competitive, and we're just going to blow this up and see what happens in five or six years and maybe kind of lose the luster of the organization with the fan base. I think it's a hard thing to do for a team that's that clearly is a playoff squad if they're healthy. And I think the David Pasternak one is interesting to me because, is the biggest question simply just money in terms of getting him signed long-term? Or is there something else there about getting Krejci back? They have a good relationship. Like, do they, Is there anything that needs to be smoothed over here with Pastor Knight, given some of the rumors? Or is it simply a matter of the Bruins having to pony up and give him what he wants? Yeah, I think they'll be competitive from a from a, an offer standpoint. Let's start there. I mean, I don't think they're going to lowball David Pastor He's obviously a huge piece of, of their franchise you know, their, their organization going forward, you know, him and McAvoy are really the two guys that, you know, you want to make them happy. They obviously did right by McAvoy and giving him nine and a half a year, um, you know, over an eight year deal. I think Pasternak, you know, if they were offering him less than that, um, you know, I, I, he would have every right to be, you know, aggrieved about that, but I don't think they're going to get there. I, I think, you know, they're going to offer him nine, five plus, you know, maybe in the 10 million range, uh, certainly he's worth it. Um, you know, he's had a rough, you know, couple of years with injuries and, and certainly you know, people know about the, you know, his personal situation and, and what he went through with his family there last year. And that was brutal. Um, so I think as long as he is, and, and all indications are that he wants to stay here. And as long as he wants to stay here, I think they'll, they'll do everything they can to make it work because that's a guy you pay. Um, you know, he just has that magnetic personality, uh, clearly loves it here. I mean, look, I mean, they've, they brought back David Krejci. He loves playing with David Krejci. They played together in the World Championships, won bronze for, for the Czech Republic. That was one of the reasons that Krejci came back, you know, saying that, you know, he can, thinking that he can play with Pasternak again. Uh, they brought in Pavel Zaka, another Czech guy that, that Krejci was former line mates with as a junior. Um, there's five Czechs on the team now. I don't know that that's 
super important to David, and he hasn't said that it is, but certainly it doesn't hurt to have some familiar faces around. But I, I think he, you know, he likes it in Boston. So all signs point to him wanting to stay. And, you know, this isn't a situation like you look at in the past where, where negotiations broke down with Tory Krug because Krug wanted, you know, plenty of money that they weren't willing to offer. And, you know, he, he, they didn't see him as a, a top four guy for years and years to come, even though, you know, Krug felt he, he would be. Um, and they developed him and all that stuff. So things broke down there. But David Pasternak's a different uh, – he's a different animal. You know, he's a guy that you – I think you – you don't break the bank for in the sense of getting yourself overextended in the cap world. But, um, you know, if he's saying, look, I mean, 10.2, you know, or 10.25 or even you know, 10.5 is my price, boy, you better try to meet that. Um, you know, or at least try to bring him down to, to 10 or something like that. You know better than anybody that, you know, I think one of the things about Pasternak is he can score so many different ways as well. He can be in front of the net. He's got a great shot from distance, but you know, in transition. So, yeah, that that price you want to be you want to be careful about it, but at the same time, there's only a couple of guys in the league that can shoot like he can, so you have to be a little careful. Uh, the dust is kind of settled now as far as the coaching situation. Bruce Cassidy lands in Vegas. Jim Montgomery is the coach in Boston. Uh, the situation and the way it played out. Uh, do we kind of understand, you know, why Cassidy had to move on here a little bit better now? It feels like you know Krejci coming back a year later. Uh, was that mere coincidence? Was that a part of the coaching situation, the relationships in the room, or or was that completely unrelated? It'll be funny to see what people say like 30 years from now about this. You know? <laughs> I, yeah. I think, you know, now, I mean, Krejci said it today. He, he kind of smiled. Somebody asked him, was the coaching change a factor? We talked to him, you know, on a Zoom call a couple hours ago, and uh, somebody said, "Is that a, was that a factor, you know, the, the change? And he said, you know, he smiled and said it would be a it'd be a good story if it was, but you know, if I said yes, but uh, that's not the case. You know, the firing of Bruce Cassidy had nothing to do with my decision coming back. But you know, you kind of wonder because there's a lot of talk when he was when he and, and Bruce Cassidy, you know, were working together. Um, you know, Bruce talked about how Krejci was such a reliable veteran and mature, and you know, handled everything that was thrown at him and. David always talked about how he didn't mind that. Uh, I think there was one season that uh, Bruce gave him 18 different wingers to play with, was the total. Might have even been more than that. Might have even been more than 20. Um, you know, and he was the, the quote unquote uh, key player, the anchor on the second power play unit rather than playing on the first, you know, with the uh, Marshan and Pasternak and Bergeron and all that. It, it's, you know, it's coaching stuff, it's, it's player relationship stuff that every team goes through. You know, no, somebody's not going to be happy. Somebody's going to get scratched. You know, somebody's not going to be on the line that they want. But it always seemed to be David Krejci. And, uh, you know, you wonder just how happy he was. I don't think that that's the reason why they fired Bruce Cassidy. I do think that there were enough kind of interpersonal, I'd hesitate to call them clashes, but, you know, situations with guys where they weren't happy. Um, You had young guys like Trent Frederick, you know, who, uh, felt that he was going to get scratched the next game if he took a bad penalty. He took some bad penalties, so that's on him. But at the same time, you know, you have a young guy who you're trying to develop and you drafted him in the first round and you want him to succeed and he's just not getting it and his head's all twisted up. Well, okay, why is that? Um, he seems to be doing all the right things off the ice. You know, he's in the gym, he's working hard and all that stuff. 
So there were enough situations. Obviously, people look at the, the Jake DeBrusque saga and how that played out, asking for a trade, uh, rescinding the trade request after Cassidy was fired and saying that that had nothing to do with it. Um, it all kind of, yeah. kind of adds up, even though nobody wants to say you know the wrong thing here. I do think, I, I will say this, and, and this is before watching Jim Montgomery coach one game for this team, I, I think that you know both sides are pretty happy right now. You know, clearly Bruce is in Vegas with a veteran team, doesn't have to deal with any rookies. Uh, that should be a little bit easier for him. Um, and the Bruins are encouraged by what they got in Jim Montgomery, a guy who is, uh, they feel has learned a lot from you know his, uh, his first time in Dallas and what he went through personally and uh, has a lot to offer as a coach. Well, I mean, Cassidy did spend five and a half years, essentially, as a Bruins head coach, and sometimes you just kind of hit, hit your shelf life, and, you know, those relationships with players do end up fraying at some point. Maybe it's as simple as that. But going back to what you mentioned about maybe in 30 years, the story might be different because you've been doing this job, I mean, we've been doing it, and the reality is, in the moment, you always get the BS. Believe it or not, they lie to us all the time. And then oh, a few sure. years later, when... The stakes are done. When there's no more pressure, people are willing to kind of tell you the stories a bit. So you're right. I mean, I'd say it's about like a five to 10 year period that has to pass. And then people all of a sudden end up telling you what actually happened. Yeah, absolutely. You see it all the time. It's one of the reasons I love you know, there's such a, a big network of Bruins mm-hmm. alumni and, you know, guys that are still around and all that. And hearing their stories is, uh, is pretty fantastic. You kind of like you look around the league and you're like, yeah. am I still covering the same league as the know the league that these guys played in and mm-hmm. you know no but <laughs> we're not but it's certainly uh you know th- there's a lot more going on than, than you yeah clearly uh matt porter make sure to follow him on twitter at maddie sports boston globe hey matt it's been uh, a pleasure catching up with you and chatting about the bruins enjoy the rest of your summer and you know hopefully hockey season doesn't creep up on you too quickly absolutely yeah no i'm already thinking about getting <laughs> some sushi in vancouver when there we the go Bruins are out there so i'm ready love it all right thanks maddie cheers boys uh, Matt Porter, good insight on the Boston Bruins. He's looking forward to coming to Vancouver as well. <sighs> Who doesn't? Exactly. Uh, oddly enough, right as we were talking to Matt, uh, one of the uh, the B reporters for the Islanders, Rob Taub, actually tweeted out a picture of Zidane Chara on his Instagram, just ripped on a bike, <laughs> working out. He's but, like, guys, I'm here too. Sign me. <laughs> Anybody need me over here? But, did he, did he he's talking about Bruce. old guys playing, and like he's he's a specimen. He's always been a specimen, but now he is like legitimately. Who knew that Zdeno Chara would be like the face of fitness? I mean, the guy's incredible athlete. He yeah, really he, is. He, was, he used to be known as a, like the the lanky monster, right? Yes. Now he's legit like a the face of fitness. Did he mention um, the Boston Bruins in his in his post? <laughs> Tagging. I don't Bruins think he tagged him. I don't uh, think he. Can you imagine him and? Yarmer Yager playing on the same team together? Yeah. A couple old guys? I, I'd pay to see that. Yes. <laughs> Just one more time, I'd like to see Zidane Chara fight somebody before he calls it a career. Just one more time. One more one more fight? Just for old time's sake? Just, yeah, Who maybe, would you want to see him fight? Brian McCabe. Brian, <laughs> you're ragdoll. <laughs> round Brian two, McCabe. baby. Round two. Poor Brian McCabe. Oh, he got absolutely throttled in that fight. Yeah, I mean, but that's what Yager would I mean, that's what uh, he would do. Chara. No, he just, he just tossed you around. Although we did have George LaRock on the show once, and uh, George was claiming that in a fight with Zidane Chara, Zidane pulled the shoot. He just kind of fell. Like, he didn't want to fight, and I don't blame him. Nobody wants to fight George LaRock back in the really? day. Really? That's was, George's story? That's George's story. He's sticking to it? Hey, man. <laughs> Montreal Canadiens versus Boston Bruins. You know, you know, one 
great thing about George is that George will always, he's a good storyteller. So that's his story. And who's going to dispute? I, I, I'm not going to call. I'm not calling anything. He can come out and tell me that he's the you know president of any country. George, you are. You, you're 100 right. But hey, that's what he said. He said Zdeno Chara when they fought the one time in their career that Chara pulled the pulled the shoot. So those two guys have to fight now. Honestly, George would probably come out of retirement for that. <laughs> probably. He, he legitimately would. He's still a scary man. I would not mess with those guys. Either one of them. Both of those guys vegan, by the way. Hmm. Zdeno Chara and George Lorac, two nasty guys, and they, they're full-on vegans. A random fact of the day, that's what I'm here for. Are you trying to say something here? You can be nasty when you're a vegan, yeah, apparently. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, hey, man, if I could, I would. <laughs> I try. I'm halfway I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm halfway there. Cheese is tough to give up, though. I know. That's the thing. Well, I can't really. I'm, I'm not great with cheese, but meat is hard giving up, but I'm, I'm, I'm not making an effort. That's not easy, though. Yeah, not easy. no, you won't. <laughs> yeah. Who are we kidding, man? Who are we kidding? No, but I feel bad. Like I, I see things. You're like, you got to do better. I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those things. You know, not, guilt. Your, your heart guilt. in those right, your heart <laughs> is in the right place. You won't do it though. Yeah. You won't. Yeah, it's one of those fake heart in the right place things. But yeah, good time catching up on the Boston Bruins and, and what they're going to be doing. But I mean, you know, the Pasternak thing is is interesting because. Does he really want to stay there? And Krejci coming back this year, you know, his buddy being there, does that help smooth things over? I mean, Krejci coming back, sure, he's a guy you want because he can help you out or whatever. But I wonder if bringing him back has more to do with just bringing somebody back that Pasternak knew and try to, you know, build a bridge again for the two parties. I think that's a part of it. I think the other part is that really at the center position, they didn't have many answers, man. Like Charlie Coyle was a guy that can occupy that role, but is he good at it? No. And Krejci was good when he was there. We, we know they ended up winning a Stanley Cup. We know even throughout the years he was able to pick up points, but it feels like that second-line center position, they're going to need a bit of a few guys to probably occupy that role, whether it's Charlie Coyle, whether it's Zaka playing mm-hmm. down the middle a little bit, whether it's Krejci playing that second or third-line role. So I, I think a part of it is is like legitimately the last kick at the can, but with Pasternak, if you see some semblance of a rebuild coming there. Even if it's a reset and it's going to take a couple of years to kind of write the situation. I don't know if you want to be mm. like, unless he really, really loves the city. Yeah. I just feel like there's going to be teams salivating at the thought of maybe getting a store score like that and probably give him money. Like there's going to be a lot of teams that are saying, yeah, nine and a half, 10 million for one of the premier goal scorers in the league. I would, I would be tempted if I'm him to hit the market Based on the fact that there's other teams that are ready to contend, I think Boston's going to take a step back over the next couple of years. The only real impact player that matches up with his prime is Charlie McAvoy. So if you're making yeah. a decision to stay there, the only guy that matches up with you is him. Lindholm, sure, he'll be there, but he's 28 now. So, I mean, what's going to happen in five or six years, for instance, and all that sort of stuff? And where do they go from this point on? And you're right. I mean, maybe the question for him just becomes, I'm not sure how competitive this team is going to be in the next window. 2010 I wasn't here I still want to win a Stanley Cup can I do that in Boston I think that becomes a big question after this season for him they'll have the money because there's going to be a few players leaving you know the team over the years but in a division that has Ottawa coming up in a division that has three elite teams at least three regular season teams that are elite Toronto and Florida are not elite playoff teams but you know that they're going to be able Mm -hmm. to put up some serious points during the season and then you got teams like Ottawa coming up slowly. You got Detroit that's hoping to take a step. I think you do start to wonder about 
the longevity of the Boston Bruins in that division, they might be taking a step back for the next couple of years. They might. And then we'll see when Fabian Lysel can break into that roster and he'll be vying for a spot in training camp. And we'll see if he actually makes a team this year for that squad as well. Because, well, the Vancouver Giants, having seen him, there's a lot of talent in that kid. All right, uh, we have more coming up in the next hour of the show. We'll turn our sights to the NFL and the Seattle Seahawks specifically. Stacy Joe Ross from Seattle Sports 710 is going to join us. And we'll talk about the World Juniors as well. Getting going today, already underway in Edmonton. Three Canucks prospects playing, two playing tonight and this afternoon. We'll get into that and more right here on The People Show on Sportsnet 650.